Hi guys, thanks for listening to this latest episode of the podcast. You can contact us on social media via Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, for the podcast, it's at Southing2023. For myself, it's at AlanOsler1481. For Simon, it's at SIWatson03. And for Tom, our newest member, it's at TRyan255. For Instagram, you contact the podcast on All Things Borough Podcast. For myself, it's Osler Allen. For Simon, it's SIWatson03. And for Tom, it's T0MRyan14. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Spotify and to click that bell icon for all the notifications. Thanks a lot, and I hope you enjoy this latest episode. All right, good evening and welcome to the All Things Borough podcast. This is episode 37. I am Alan and uh, as usual, I'm joined by Simon and Tom. Simon, how are you tonight? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Yeah, been out for my first run in uh, nine weeks after my ankle problem um, and um, other, other toe issues as well. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's uh, quite painful, but you know, I'll get through it. <laughs> as you do. That's what, that's, what, that's what happens when you're about when you're two stone overweight. Like, you know, two, that's being generous, Simon, too. That's being really generous. Yeah, very. More like, more like ten. <laughs> <laughs> and Tom, yeah. Tom how, how are, you? are you? How are you, Tom? You good? I'm, I'm good. Been just been to a pool base open the weekend, which is a good watch. Some former bio players, Liam Ferdinand and Paul Rogers. Didn't get a great reception in my farm brigade from the base Stoke <laughs> fans, well. but... That's a good what, game nonetheless. That's what happens when you, probably, when you turn just, up at another ground. Probably still and, alive, Tom. Is, is that a black eye I can see? You get into a fight? No? All right. Just, <laughs> just, 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 the, uh, just must be the lighting. Yeah. And what was, what was, <laughs> the, score, what was the score at the pool game? 1-0 Bayesley, Stoke. 1-0 Bayesley, decent. Oui. decent. Yeah, we, me and Simon was at the uh, the Farnborough game on Saturday. The, uh, the win against Truro, which was uh, really good and much needed. A massive three points for us. Um... Yeah, so it was a good, it was a good game, wasn't it, Simon? Really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, it was a, uh, well, well, it was a good, good game. It was, uh, it was a, a good game for the neutral, shall we say? Not, not much. Maybe quality was a bit lacking. <laughs> uh, but I, I, you know, I, I what a game our, our guests this evening would have, uh, would have reveled in, I think, and probably oh, understand it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but um, we might, we probably would have won three 0 to be honest with you. If he was playing, <laughs> but, uh, so uh, there we are. Uh, and, that's and, a, that's so... the last nice thing I'm going to say about him. <laughs> <laughs> And so, without further ado, uh, for everyone that's listening, our guest tonight is none other than um, last season's starring centre-back and definite fan favourite, Mr Kevin Locko. Kevin, good evening. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, good. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, I was, I was keen to sort of get on when I got a message from Tom. So Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, no, well, done. well done to Tom for reaching out. Yeah. Uh, you're definitely, uh, I think you're definitely someone that um, a few few fans have um, reached out to us to try and contact and uh, and talk to you uh, so we're glad that Tom's managed to do it and we've got you on um, and so uh, how just briefly how to get a description how your season's going so far over at Maidenhead yeah yeah it's, it's sort of up down and up again sort of uh, season for me personally anyway because I uh, started the season really well um, first sort of not nine ten games I think got like Seven, seven clean sheets. I think it was, or something nice. crazy like that. So I started really well, um, and then yeah, we played Bourne Wood, and I've gone down my ankle um, and ruptured two ligaments in my ankle. So <laughs> um, 
that yeah that wasn't great so I was out for a couple of months uh, had an operation and whatnot so uh, but back player now and um, starting to enjoy it again because yeah the, 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 those two months out was was difficult. So you said yeah, you say not off air. You said sorry, sorry, I'll jump in. You said off air that the uh, the Ads club were quite good and they paid for the uh, the surgery and stuff. Yeah. Is, that, is that how it normally works down in the non league, or is it something that's uh, a bit unusual? Um, not usually. So, um, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I had some help with the PFA as well, which which um, which is helpful as being a PFA member. Um, but the club were brilliant and they contributed and and they were fully prepared to pay absolutely everything. Uh, luckily, the PFA did, you know. Um, pay for the majority, um, but the club also chipped in with the scans and whatnot. And yeah. you know, it, not in, it's not too common. You know, there's a lot of clubs in non-league, understandably so, haven't got the finances to, sure. to cover you know major operations and whatnot. So um, for you know, for the club to sort of say, look, we we're going to take care of you, um, was quite refreshing. So yeah, that was good. So I'm assuming yeah, then really good, really it, went, good yeah. it was a private then, obviously private um, treatment rather than going to a normal NHS hospital. Yeah, yeah. So I think I had a scan um, two days after the game, um, and then within ten days I had my operation. So it was really quick. Um, yeah, as you say NHS would have took a, a long time. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like I haven't got time to waste really. Not like no. National League football, you know, you've got year-on-year contracts and you know unfortunately I haven't got that luxury of having two three four years to sort of take your time and <laughs> and um get back that way so yeah went down the private route and um as I say like the PFA and the football club were really good and um I was back playing probably sooner than predicted so that was also a plus. No, yeah, it's really good actually. The PFA uh, uh, stepped in there because obviously they're a big up the PFA really because they are a yeah, they're a really good organisation. They help a lot of players, players through uh, you know injuries, hard times, you know bereavements even sometimes. You know what I mean? The things like that. So the yeah, yeah, well, well done for the PFA and uh, yeah, anybody who's uh, wants to sort of uh, get involved in an organisation, they're certainly one to uh, one to look into. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Why don't you uh, for, um, go through your let's go through your career then so far up to now uh, for for the listeners that um well I say all the listeners the the few listeners the people that do listen into us at the here at the podcast um go let's go through your career then from the beginning um and leading up to now then so, so everybody can see where you've been know where you've been yeah um hopefully don't bore you too much but. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I, I sort of started off playing as you do, playing Sunday League football, and um, got picked up by by Norwich City, which came out of the blue. That was under fifteen sort of age. Um, got picked up by them, and I was sort of like, "Why me?" Sort of thing. I didn't really, I, I wasn't really that talented that, uh, kid playing football. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, when you're like four, five, six years old, there's always other players that were like a lot more talented than I was. So, you know, getting picked up was like, wow. Um, so I got picked up by Norwich. Um, I spent three years there. Um, so I had my scholarship there, and unfortunately they didn't get a professional contract there. So um, I dropped down to League One with Colchester, uh, League One at the time, and um, I had a horrible injury that, that left me out majority of the season. Um, mm. So that didn't warrant a new contract there as well. So. Um, you know that that was quite difficult. You know, I suppose you know you're spending a few years at Premier League club, and then you drop down to League One, and you know with the the aim of establishing establishing yourself at that sort of level. Uh, but then an early injury, and then 
operation kept me out for the whole season. So I had no choice but to drop into non-league. Um, you know, bearing in mind that at Norwich, we won like the FA Youth Cup, you know, beat Chelsea in the final and stuff like that. So it was like, you know, a lot of us at that sort of team. <laughs> yeah, he's a, <laughs> a Chelsea lot, fan, lot. don't worry about that. Yeah, I could tell, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so like a lot of us at that sort of team um, were hoping and expecting, not expecting, but, you know, we had our, our eyes set on becoming Premier League footballers yeah. or Championship yeah, footballers, yeah. you know. So, obviously, to have that sort of, um, like, the couple of, couple of years after that where going to coach Colchester and get that injury and then having to drop into non-league was like, wow, football's mm. really, you know, it is ruthless. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so drop into non-league, and I'm not going to name every club, but the likes of sort of Maidstone, Dover. Um, you know, I've sort of talked off a lot of the, a lot of teams in national league level, um, and a couple of stints in the EFL and back out again. And um, you know, um, it's yeah, it's just been really up and down, really. Um, I think there can be a majority of reasons why it is, but um, you know, when I look back and sort of reflect and and sort of see where I've been, I'm. I'm quite proud, you know, the fact that I've uh, been able to play as many games as I have and, you know, to you know, play in the Football League and even little things like I've scored in the Football League. And these are little yeah. things that when you're younger, you don't really sort of like, you know, look at and think, wow, that's actually quite a, a good achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's important every now and again just to remind yourself, otherwise you go crazy thinking, you know, I've not played Premier League, I've not played Championship. Um, I've sort of like failed. Like, it's easy to get into that mindset, especially yeah. when you've come up through an academy. Um, so yeah, I am proud to you know, represent a lot of national league clubs and a few league two clubs, and to have the sort of upbringing through football that I have. So yeah, well, they're uh, they're probably uh, I'll definitely say they're certainly from a farmer point of view, they're pretty proud to have you you playing for them as well, Kev. To be fair, um, and um, you know what's uh, what I wanted to ask you, what's the difference in standard really between the sort of the league, uh, league one, league two, and sort of the national national league as it is now? What's what's the main differences you found in non-league football as opposed to league football? I think it's probably changed. I think when I, um, you know, when I first started playing National League football or conference football back then, um, I, I felt like there was quite a big difference. Um, you know, like non-league football years ago, everyone was quite not everyone, but a lot of lads were overweight, or you know, mm-hmm. the speed the speed of football wasn't really quick, and it was very much back to forward, and um, not many teams were playing up to the back and whatnot. So the, the gap between League One. Um, and National League was huge. Mm. Um, I think you look at it now and you, all you've got to do is watch a few FA Cup games and whatnot and you just yeah. see the level of fitness yeah. in National League now because a lot of teams are now going full-time. There's obviously all the science and you know sort of information out there so the clubs are well-prepared and players are looking after themselves in the right way and um, now the gap is minimal and it's probably just you know that bit of experience or that know-how. Um, that sort of separates the leagues, but in terms of actual ability, like there's not much in it at all, um, no. from what I've gathered anyway. Well, um, you, you so get to look like in recent years, in, in the farm, like as from uh, in a Farnborough perspective, like last season, we got we beat the League Two side Sutton United in the FA Cup, lost to Wrexham, but we got that was in the, that was got us to the second round of the FA Cup, which in a few pre seasons ago would never have happened. And look at this this season now with um, Maidstone. They're, they're, what, what are they in the third round now? On their right, second 16. second league uh, club, fourth, fourth, fourth round on their on their second round. or third league, yeah. league, league club. They're about to play Coventry, in that, aren't they? So yeah, so you can, like you say, you can yeah. t- you can certainly see that the gap between the levels, uh, talent wise, isn't is has got smaller 
Do you know what I mean it's it's uh, it's yeah. not as big a golf as it probably used to be maybe ten years ago? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and as you just mentioned there, like last season at Farnborough, um, you know, you, you look at the Sutton game, and you were really, you know, you didn't have a team who were noticeably full time League Two mm. who were dominating like it was very much an even affair for the whole ninety minutes. Um, whereas you go back years, and the non League team would be deep inside their own sort of like 18 yard box and blowing out there, you know what, yeah. and you know, it would be like really tough, but you see like the level of intensity we were playing at and the goals that we scored and like, you know, the, you would never think that there was, you know, um, I know only a couple of leagues, but you know, yeah. one was full-time, one was part-time, lads yeah. are looking after themselves really well now, so um, that was great. That was a great yeah. day as well. On, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that was a, good, a really good day. I remember me and Alan went to that game. We remember it very well. But I also remember we sort of, like a lot of the, like very much like uh, Maidstone have done this season in the FA Cup. We, we kind of we kind of rode our luck a little bit in the first sort of 20 minutes where they, they had a few chances, probably should have scored. But they didn't, you know, by, by, by good defending and good goalkeeping and a little bit of a, a little bit of luck as well. And then as, as the game progressed, we sort of grew into it and, and got less nervous and, Started playing our game and ended up winning, you know, two two nil, which is a really good yeah. result. So uh, a bit like Maidstone against Ipswich, really. And I think Ipswich had something like twenty nine shots or something, but they didn't score and Maidstone <laughs> took their chances. You know, like a bit like we did, really. But it's with those clubs yeah, though, as well, like the, those league clubs. So they're, they're certainly were obviously getting a bit frustrated as well with the fact that their chances weren't going in, and that sort of upends their game really, and sort of disrupts their game, and then allowed us as a as a club and as a team to sort of work our way in and, and get the goals that we did get in it eventually. Um, but yeah, so coming on to Farnborough, just before we let Tom, Tom in to um, ask a question, did you, did you, how, how was, how enjoyable was last season playing for Farnborough? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, I, I, I think I needed a season like that. Um, you know, we, uh, I'd come out of Aldershot um, having had another injury and, uh, seriously falling out of love with football and mm. on the brink of potentially not even playing football again. And um, you know, Spencer calling me in the summer and giving me the opportunity to play down down at Farnborough. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't have huge expectations uh, purely because I I was pretty much set in my mindset that football was coming to an end for me or wasn't for me. Um, so I really sort of played with freedom and um, uh, the lads there and the club and the sort of the fans, it just, it really like, it just ignited like that love back mm. for me. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was incredible. Like I had such a good, um, a, a good season in terms of playing and staying fit and whatnot. And then the club and FA Cup run and um, the potential like playoff push that we just narrowly missed out on. It just mm. seemed, it was just an incredible year. And as I said before, like it was difficult to not stay. Um, I just wanted to give myself, you know, that opportunity to to push up again. Yeah. Um, but if it wasn't for for that, like I'd still be there now. It's just such a good, such a great year and such a great club. Yeah, it's a bit like um, Ollie, we interviewed Ollie, Ollie Pendlebury the other week, and he said the same thing when he we was brought in, and, and he, he fought, sort of fallen out of love with football and had a had a similar sort of experience to yourself being in national uh, in the, in League One and League Two sides, and he, he sort of got released and he wasn't going to play. Then obviously Spencer rang him and. Uh, Got him in, and it all, it all went up, went uh, went uphill from there, really. With him, which was really good. Same sort of story as you. Obviously, he got the move to Oldershot, just did a kind of a uh, the same thing you did, but backwards. 
and uh, and then uh, yeah, and then obviously then you must feel quite quite proud of yourself really from from maybe only only sort of less than two years ago being being thinking about quitting football and leaving and maybe doing something else, and then you, now you're now you're a full time a footballer on a on a on a and uh, with a, with another contract under your belt as well for next season. So you have you done really well, Kev. Yeah, and no, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, um, I sort of drive myself crazy and probably my family a bit crazy because I just think, you know, like the ups and downs in football is just, it is pretty relentless. And um, it's, uh, you, you feel one emotion and you probably you feel so set in maybe stopping or you feel so set in, um, you know, going part-time or whatnot. But then just all it takes is like a good game or like the reaction from the fans and or a good, like a big win for like your mindset to change and you just start loving football again. It changes so quick. Um, but again, like I say, like the club, like last season, it was just, um, it was, it, it, it just, it was perfect. Like, I think it just worked really well both ways. I think I was really good for the club and done really well for, for, for the club and the club were brilliant for me as well. So I think that's why it was such a good season. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's probably one of my best seasons I've had in football in terms of enjoyment, staying fit, and also performing. So yeah, 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 massive. I think it was just a mix of. How did, um, Go on, Tom. How did you think taking captaincy, part captain of uh, Robbo, and I think a few others at points? How do you think that sort of boded with your enjoyment of your time at the club? That was a bit confusing actually. Because <laughs> like the start of the season. Um, I think Spencer's really superstitious. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think he announces like two or three captains. Um, I think I was the captain for the first game at Hemel. And whenever you lose a game, you sort of like pass the arm banter. So, me and Robbo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same so, thing so, with like, the benches, isn't it? Yeah, with the benches as well. Yeah. So, like, me and Robbo were like alternating. Um, but, yeah, no, it, 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 to be fair, it didn't really make much difference. Like, I've been captain at a few clubs. Um, and it's there's nothing changes for me personally anyway. Um, I don't change as a person naturally. I'd say I'm quite a confident uh, character. I, I like to speak. I like to say my bit when when it's needed, um, but also not when it's not needed. So I just sort of stay the same, and an armband doesn't really change much. I suppose just um, you know um, I'm an experienced player, and um, you know not, nothing. Um, it shouldn't really change you as a as a personal player when you've got the armband. So it was like, yeah, it was pretty normal. Yeah. Good going, Tom. Uh, I, I suppose that will bring me on to just more to do with time at the club. There was something I personally always noticed because obviously he's a fantastic defender, team of the season, but I'm a goal scorer as well. Is there something about your game, especially? Well, no, we've lost Tom, though. Is there anything about your game that really... Oh, wait, did I... Shall I repeat myself there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. I think... Yeah, break up a little bit there, Tom. Well, I, just, I just would say a highlight part of your game that really fascinated me was how much of just a natural top goal scorer you are. And, <laughs> and especially screamers, like the Swindon Supermare goal and the Edgefleet one. Is, there, is that something you take to your game or are you just something... Because you scored quite a few times for us, I remember, anyway. Is that something you sort of pride yourself on? Um, yeah, I think you probably look... I mean, you look at my sort of, like, uh, throughout my career, I've, I've scored a lot of goals. I do probably average, like, five a season, um, yeah. if you, like, look back. Um, but do I take pride in it? I, I suppose so. I think a lot of the time, um, when you're a defender and you, see, you, you find yourself higher at the pitch, no one expects you to score. So I don't have that sort of nervousness or I don't feel... 
uh, I don't overthink it when I do get the ball high up the pitch because if I blaze it over the bar, no one's going to care. I'm a defender. It's like, yeah. um, whereas strikers, it's a lot more. It's, it's a lot of you know, anxiety and pressure because it's your job to do that. For me, I'm, I, whenever I get the ball, I'm like, you know what? Let me just shoot because you know it's a win-win really. Like nothing really happens if I if I miss, if I score, it's great. So I just sort of play that shoot with that freedom when I do get the chance. And yeah, last season was pretty good. I think it was Fleet and Swindon, a couple of good goals there. So it's um, great goals. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, not something I actively try and do every year, but I just find myself in positions at times, and I think um, you know. The way we played at Farnborough last year um, with like the three at the back, and there'll be times where we might man marking. So if the striker's weighing his own half, I'd be in there as well. Um, and if I then win a tackle or the ball gets set to me, I'm in the advanced position. So I just yeah. sort of let one loose, and um, you know, it happened a couple of times last year, so I was happy about that. Which one's your favourite, Swindon or Ebsley? Um Probably Swindon one, I reckon. Um, yeah, it was just uh, yeah. I just that was that was very unnatural for me. I think every Street one was just like a shot from outside the area, like anyone could do that. But I think the Swindon one was pretty impressive, like on the sidewinder. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, a lot. Uh, yeah, I thought I mean I, it was my vote for goal of the season actually in the, uh, the player awards. So I, I, I was a big fan of that one. Um, but yeah, I, there's another thing. This one's a bit more. Um, much of the word, but a bit random. I was I was doing some reading. I didn't know you could speak Ukraine, uh, Russian. <laughs> that has completely caught me off guard. I just thought I'd ask. Yeah, no. So my my mum's from Ukraine. So my like my dad's from Ghana. My mum's from Ukraine, and they they met in university in Ukraine. And, um, yeah, they moved to England, uh, not not being able to speak English. So um, obviously they're, they're both Russian speakers. My dad learned Russian when he was out studying, and my mum obviously being Ukrainian spoke Russian. Um, so growing up before they could speak English, um, you know, they had to speak to me in Russian. So my first language was, was, you know, predominantly Russian until school <laughs> come along and whatnot, mixing with other English kids. But, um, so yeah, it was, uh, you know, my sort of first language, let's say. <laughs> so. well, and considering it's not English isn't your first language, I don't think anyone would ever have known. No, no, exactly. No, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, um, it, it was probably... Um, I think you look on Wikipedia and it says like I'm fluent in Russian and stuff and I, I probably have lost a little bit over the years um, but uh, yeah it wasn't too long that I was, I was speaking English so it's like um, yeah you'd never know or you'd never expect <laughs> someone like me to speak Russian. <laughs> <laughs> does, does your mum still shout at you in uh, in Russian when you're when you're naughty? Yeah, that's the thing. When she's mad, it's always <laughs> Russian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You, know, you, know, you know you're in trouble when you know you're yeah. in trouble when she brings the Russian out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, 100%. It's only when she's mad. Like, usually we speak in English now because I just naturally just speak English to her. But um, if she, if I call her and she, and she picks up the phone and she starts it in Russian, I'm like, oh, no, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What have I done? Yeah, no, well, exactly, I, yeah. Yeah. I think I think for, for me when I was growing up for me it was it was I was always middle named when I when I was naughty. We were t- yeah. I was the full name, the full name for my mum when I was naughty. When I, was bad. I knew I, was, I knew so I'd done something wrong. Well. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought I thought he meant for a second. He just she just called you William. No, 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 yeah. no, he, no, he, no. No one he didn't respond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I just get the full whack, the full, the full, the full name. Yeah, when I was when, when she was telling me off. Yeah, not good. 
you can tell me that I've known each other a while. I don't know that his middle name's William. So, so, yeah. <laughs> too long, Kevin. Too long. <laughs> some would say. Too long, yeah. yeah, it's about time we ended it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> this might this one might be a bit of a stretch, but it's got me, it got me thinking. Do you think sort of being bilingual and sort of taking that out? Do you think that's given you anything in terms of communication and football? Um, in terms of communication, probably not. I'd say it's it's given me like an understanding of other people. Um, only because I know how like difficult it can be for I don't know. Say you play with a foreign player or someone who's not very good at English. Like I understand what it's like for, especially like my parents coming to this country. Like as I've got older, I've seen how they can potentially struggle in like society and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so. When it comes to like getting a job or just like communicating with people, getting your point across. So I think in terms of teammates uh, and stuff like that in football, it probably gives me that empathy and that sort of like understanding of other people um, to to help them or to maybe not judge them if they're saying something not in the correct way. Um, yeah. yeah, it definitely helps in that respect because it's it's tough. Like imagine like one of us like going to another country and having yeah. to integrate in a, in an environment like. Sometimes you can have a bit of a laugh and just have someone that doesn't understand something yeah. here. But like, imagine one of us went to another country and got to learn a language. I just think, yeah, no, like, exactly. us as, I think us as like English people, like, I think we <laughs> probably don't quite understand it enough and don't really put our ourselves yeah, in other people's yeah. shoes at times. You know, when it comes yeah, to we're probably a little bit, we probably are a little bit sort of ignorant to it, really. Yeah, and sort of understand. Yeah sit there and we'll just say, well, why don't, why don't you understand? What's, what's, what, what are you not getting? Stuff like that. I mean, yeah. don't realise that, the, that there is a, the language barrier is, a, is an actual thing, really. And, it, and I suppose yeah. in, yeah. in football terms, I don't know if you've play, ever played with um, sort of non-English speaking players, but I suppose in football terms, it's, um, it's kind of like football being a uni the universal language. Um, yeah. If you know what I mean? So it's like hand signals, gestures... Um, little sayings that 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 everyone can understand. Um, yeah. Is that is that kind of is that kind of something that would resonate with you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's quite it's like quite fascinating, really, because when you, um, what I just mentioned, like it's quite difficult for say a foreign player to come and yeah. just. It's also the, the opposite to that is when you're on the pitch. It's yeah. um, surprised how quick they catch you know the, the phrases or because yeah. all you need to know really is like. Left, right, left shoulder, right shoulder, man yeah. on time. But that comes so quickly, and I just think football as a whole is um, like if you can play football, you're already halfway there. Um, yeah. Then the communication just obviously, um, yeah, just those like little phrases, isn't it? Yeah, really? exactly, so, yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that was always my problem, Kev. I just couldn't play football. That was the trouble. All the phrases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I, don't, I know how you feel, Kev, actually, because my my, uh, my ex is Hungarian. And I've got I've got a little boy who speaks Hungarian, so he speaks he speaks Hungarian at home with his mother. And uh, when he comes to see me, he speaks English, so it's kind of like he gets a bit of a bit of um, Spanglish. You got to suppose you can call <laughs> yeah. it when he comes around mine. So I get I get some words in English and some in uh, some in Hungarian. But he's I'm trying to teach him. He's he's picking up the English now. He's at he's at, uh, he's at nursery, so he's uh, he's picking up the English. Well, she's getting a bit worried. She's not going to understand what he says. Uh, her, her English isn't the best sometimes, but uh, I know how you feel with it with the communication stuff because. It's kind of like it's quite frustrating sometimes with her because she doesn't quite. She's trying to say the word but doesn't know what it is, and I have to kind of uh, go through my go through my dictionary and try and find out what yeah. she's trying to say. I was going to say yeah, when, you, when he does uh, speak to you in Hungarian, Simon, you don't know you don't actually know what he's saying. He could be insulting you. You never know. Nah, 
Okay, I'll probably am. Could be anything. Could be anything. I've just, the, the, I've, I know the odd word, but that's about it. So uh, yeah, maybe we'll, 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 we'll maybe do. We'll change. We'll exchange a few notes one of these days, Kevin. You can send me a bit in there, a bit in Russian. I'll send you some Hungarian. See how we get on. <laughs> Kev, one of the one of the I'd say one of the bits of your career reach catch my eye, especially with Norwich, is the uh, the FA Youth Cup win, especially against that Chelsea side. Is that something that sort of stands out? one of the final moments of your entire career and if not what is um yes yes and no um i think i'll say that because um you know it's been part of that and it's probably only recently that i sort of like look back and think wow it's actually really good to be part of that um i didn't play in the final so i was, I was yeah. on the bench and these are things that like you know I think my family or my schoolmates and whatnot, everyone who tuned in and watched it, it was like live on ITV. They were like, they, they couldn't care less. Like, oh, I've just been part of the FAU winning like team, you know, against Chelsea live on ITV. Like, it doesn't get better than that. But for me, like, afterwards, I just, I couldn't wait to get home. Just because, mm. like, for me, I was just embarrassed. Like, I didn't play. So it's hard to celebrate. Um, so, but what I would say is that it did give me that sort of hunger or that sort of, uh, idea of what it could feel like to play in front of like crowds or what it can feel like to play on telly or be involved in that sort of environment and like how it can sort of pan out um, if I just work hard so it was um, I didn't enjoy it at the time but it probably done me good that I could sit back and see sort of them do that because um, you know it made me want more of that um, but then you could, again like I say, like I sit back now and I look at that team and half of them are playing in the Prem, like Carlton Morris starting for Luton, captain the other night, Harry Topolo, not in Forest, mm. like he was playing ahead of me, ahead of me at centre half. I know he's left back, but I look at that and I'm thinking, okay, it could like you know, it could have been worse. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, 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 Jacob Murphy was in there, wasn't he as well? Was that Jacob like, Murphy, both, started, both the Murphys, yeah, and, and his brother, yeah, brothers. Josh, and yeah. these are all lads who have played Premier League football, so it's um. Yeah, I, I try not to beat myself up too much. I didn't play on that team. <laughs> it's like, you know, they all, they've all played Premier League football. So it's, um, but yeah, yeah, it did give me that sort of hunger to try and achieve that, but a bit more on a personal level, being a big part of something, um, you know, being a starter or, you know, a main person in something successful. So. With players of that level, we're playing the Premier League now, and I mean, that Chelsea side, I'm not exactly who sure would have played, but. Maybe Ruben off his cheeks, whatever. Yeah. Um, did you notice? Did you? Could you tell the lads at that level were always going to sort of shoot up, or was it just sort uh, of random? Um, probably a bit of both. There's probably lads who we expected in that Chelsea team to have an incredible career, and they're probably not playing football now, or they maybe play national league level or lower. Um, there was also lads in that side who looked pretty average, let's say. And they're now like high flying in Europe, and yeah. so it's um, it was a bit a bit of both really. And I just think it's that's why it's really difficult to judge a player so young, um, just yeah. because like you know it can take such a and it comes back to like, all the money and stuff as well. Like you're offering certain lads, like there was probably lads in that team were already already on I don't know ten grand a week at the time, and um, you know some of them have not kicked the ball yet. Um, mm. like even now it's probably like lads who have never played more than 50 games on that sort of money um, so it's, it's hard to really judge and make a clear decision at that age or like who's going to have a good career um, but yeah 
yeah, but yeah, as you say, like nothing Nathan Aki played potentially. Um Ruben Loftus Cheek, um Lewis Baker. And, and Andres Christensen was he playing Christensen, as well? Like he plays for yeah. Barcelona now. Like it is you know, yeah. it's just like then he, he wouldn't have been one of the lads that we thought would have a yeah. great career. Um and the strike, I think, um what's his name? Um uh, he, he might he might have been on the bench, but I, I don't actually. Yeah, know. he was on the bench, might, I think. Yeah, um, which is mad because like these lads again have played like you know England, yeah. Europe, and stuff. So it's um, it was, yeah. yeah well, he was right. well being, being a Chelsea fan. I kind of know a bit about that side, and I can't be like yourself. I can't remember the name of the striker, but he was a guy who um he was quite a short guy, I think, up front. He was yeah, quite short, and he, 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 he yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he go Celtic? I think he went he to Celtic. Went Celtic. Yeah, I think he, yeah. I think he might have been from like an East African uh, country. Yeah, yeah right, he was. He came over and then, um, yeah, I think he went to Celtic. And I think yeah. since then, no one's disappeared, hasn't he? Yeah, he disappeared. He he was, yeah, yeah, he, he was. Um, he was. He was the next. He was going to be the next big thing. And mm. um, and he was. Uh, well, I, looked, I saw him. I thought, oh, he's quite short. And I hope he grows. And um, yeah, I had the same thing when I was playing. Um, but he's um, I'm never Um, yes, yeah, not a midget. <laughs> Um, but um, yeah, he ended up going on loan to Celtic, and then he just disappeared. He had yeah. a terrible loan. He does He played, and I think they found him out up there. To be fair, probably the cold weather did him over as well, Kev. Being your dad's from Ghana, you probably know what I mean about that. Um, some of the winters over here are not not, not the best. Um, so yeah, and being in Scotland, I mean, yeah, he just disappeared, and that was that really. But um, yeah, I know Christensen. He was. I was going to probably brings me on to my, my, my questions. I was going to ask you, but I know Christensen at the time when he was playing in that team. It was a big lots of talk about him. He was on. He was on something like 20 grand a week and he was like 14, 15 or something daft. So uh, oh. whether that's actually true or not, who knows? But I know he's on a lot more than that now. But uh, um, but yeah, well, um, guys, bring me on to my, one of my questions I was going to ask you. Um, the, what, do you what do you feel about the, the, the sort of the money and the, and, the, and the wages in football at the minute? Because I, I think it's it's going for an unsustainable sort of growth area because the um, a lot of, I mean, we, there was a, we, uh, well, we can probably re- reveal that the you know, farmer tried to uh, try to get Tony Lee um, in from, uh, from Paul. Uh, uh, last week, and he, he didn't go to us because Tottenham offered him a crazy amount of money. I won't go into the details of how much he was offered, but he was offered a crazy amount of money um, to go for a week, and we and Farmer just wouldn't pay the pay the wages or couldn't or couldn't compete with that. Um, how do you feel like you know player wages are concerned? You're probably looking at it from from your point of view as a player. It's a good thing for you, but uh, you know I, I think it's it's got to, there's got to be a balance somewhere, hasn't there? Well, how do you how do you feel player wages have, have gone over the last few years? Yeah, I think my opinion probably like. Um, it's different for our sort of level uh, compared to like the Prem lads. Like if you look at the Premier League lads, um, you know, you've got like Saudi, the Saudi like league and stuff like offering 700 grand a week and stuff like you can't really ever say that's um, justified for playing football. I mean, like, you know, it's just, that, that's just ridiculous to me. Um, like I, I wouldn't leave my life to go out and play for 700 grand a week. If I was on, let's just say 350 or 300 grand a week here in England. Like, you know, I just think it's, that's just mental. Um, but go back to, you go to our level and I think people um, are quick to judge at our level because um, people don't realise that the wages in National League, it's, uh, you hear like the Wrexhams and the Knox Counties and you've got lads on like five grand a week at Wrexham, Paul Mullins on this amount of money yeah. and stuff. But that that is literally like up there, and like the rest of the lads, like and the rest of the clubs, is so far. Like it's probably the majority of lads that play National League football earn slightly above like the average wage in the UK. <laughs> so when they get an offer to go to another club, um, 
or I don't know, let's just say like a lad's playing, let's just say this Tony goes to, um, goes to where, where do you go to, you say? Tottenham. Tottenham. Uh, FC Tottenham. So he's gone to Tottenham, um, but we don't know his circumstances. Like we don't know how yeah. his job's going. We don't know if he's like got a family. You know, there's yeah. so many different like factors that and we're easy to just jump at. But if I got, I'll be honest. Like if I got offered um, an extra, I don't know, grand a month to go and play for another team, that that'd be quite a big thing for me because of my circumstances. Let's just say, um, like I'm a man, I'm a father, I've got kids. So I just think it's easy to judge people because I think most of us in any other job, you get offered a grand a week more. Like, you're, oh my God, I'm gone. Like, yeah. I've got absolutely no loyalties to my employer because they don't care really about me in the grand scheme of things. So I'm going to go and improve my family's life or my own life. And I just think because it's football, it's like, oh, you should have that loyalty to your club. But there's bigger things in football to, and bills aren't going to pay for themselves and, and whatnot. So I just think, yeah, non-league is quite easy to judge. But, um, you know, I, I feel for lads because, uh, you know, if you know they get this big offer and they go and a club aren't happy about it and they've got fans on social media like tweeting them and sending them all sorts of like abuse and, you know, that person's got family who are on social media and they see that or their kids see that. It's like, Really, like you know, it's just a man just trying to do more for himself, you know. So yeah. that's my opinion. yeah. It's, it's it's a good point you make about you know if you're just in this regular nine to five job and you you get offered you know a thousand pound more to go somewhere else, you're going to go, aren't you? Yeah. Anyway, so you know, people don't don't see that in football. They see they see football as a different world. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still the world is still full of people like yourself, Kev, who've got families and got kids, and you know you're trying to support. Them. Yeah. And then the other flip side, I'm I'm quite on the fence with it. Because I see the money coming in. Sometimes I think to myself, that's ridiculous. Someone, you know, they're getting paid silly money there. But then on the other flip side of it, it's only football's a short career. You know, you maybe if you're lucky, you're playing playing on top wages between the ages of maybe 22 and 32. So you've got a 10 year window to, to make your living, really. And then, then after football, you get it forgotten, don't you? Exactly. So you, you've got exactly. to make the money where you can. So I understand it from a player's like, point of view. Yeah, because I think a lot of the time as well, like the lads who are playing non league level, they've probably. Um, dedicated the exact same amount of hours as lads who are playing in the Premier League and they've, they've made the same sacrifices and they've not gone to university because they want to pursue a career in football and it's not quite gone the same way as these Premier League players and but they still, you know, they've not got a lot to fall back on because they've wanted to become a professional footballer their whole career. So, um, you know, it's it's so difficult to, to not sort of feel or see the rewards um, throughout your career when you've given it so much attention and so much dedication and sacrifice and um, so I think there's got to be some sympathy with that and not really just attacking you know lads I just think it's a bit um, yeah I think it's unfair uh, but obviously there's, cir- there's circumstances where when it's like 50 quid a week more and someone's like leaving the club that's been good to them or they've looked after them with their family and stuff and then there's lads who are just like want an extra 50 quid like that I understand like come on like you can't just live life like that yeah. getting these cheap like all these like um, you know, trying to get every sort of pound that you can get like, I get you know, I, I get that criticism but um, you know what I know is that if Rex can come in from me I'm gone tomorrow <laughs> 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 you're trying to get on TV Kev don't you just want to be on the, the programme just want to be on, be on uh, Netflix or do the bloody whatever it's on yeah exactly yeah, yeah. what's some on, on that on that subject, so I'm sorry, I'll let you back in for now. I know Tom's got lots of questions for you. Um, but I've um, my last last thing before I shut up for a bit. Um, what have you thought about life after football? Have you thought about something to do when you finish playing? 
Yeah, I mean, I've um, I start I started working during the year at Farmer. Um, I worked at financial. I work. I'm still currently working in financial services, um, but I now do it part time um, alongside my um, alongside Maidenhead. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm doing. Uh, whether it's something I'm going to stick with for like long term, I'm not too sure. Um, my personality, I'm always sort of like eager for more or like novelty and change. So I do get bored quite easy. So. Um, uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to put myself in the best position possible in, in terms of taking certain exams and courses and covering different sort of subjects, whether it's coaching, whether it's more financial services exams and stuff like that, and just give myself best possible chance. But long term, I'm not sure. All I know is that I want some sort of control over what I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, is, really. is, is coaching an, op- an option? Well, you're you saying they're about different courses. Is coaching an option or management? in the future yeah i mean yeah i i i do i I enjoy people like i like speaking to people and i like knowing about people so um management if like an opportunity come i wouldn't sort of turn turn my head towards um away from it i'd probably consider it because it's um you know i just think majority of being a successful manager um whether it's football or just anywhere else is just being good with people and understanding people i think a, a lot of lads at clubs know how to play football it's just understanding them and what gets them ticking so yeah. um, I think once you know you have that especially in modern, like modern day game like you can't really give lads like you know the hair dry treatment like Alex Ferguson done and stuff I think now it's more about understanding what gets them going and what makes Absolutely. them happy what gets them motivated so that part of it does actually intrigue me so we'll see Absolutely, yeah potentially yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really good, Kev, that, because, um, yeah, I mean, like, like I say, the hairdryers, things have changed you know, since Alex Ferguson's days where he'd sort of be showing everybody. Um, but, you know, I think more more management now is about, you know, being a being a, a player manager, really, rather than a rather than a, and a people person and getting yeah. getting to know the player and getting to know the kind of the, the, the ways the ways to get the best out of people. And that, so I think that's where the best best managers yeah, end up. Yeah, you do. Uh, you do that. They end, up, end know, up doing well, don't they? I'm not, I'm not, obviously, being a coach myself, I'm not obviously coaching at the level that you're playing at or that you were playing at with Farmer last year. I'm very low sort of level. But it is more, even at that, this my level, it is sort of, it's more about putting your arm around the player and talking to them rather than blasting them with information or, or blasting them if you're having a go at them. It's about, like like I said, putting putting an arm around them and making sure that finding out what's wrong if there's, if there's something wrong. If you know what makes them tick, then that's how you that's how you um, encourage them and that's how you coach them, rather than yeah. just having a go like, is, like you said, a hair dry treatment. Oh, and I've had to do it recently oh, in, in the recent weeks with with a, with a certain player on my team, but it's just it's just getting getting into one side and making sure that he's got I can instill some sort of confidence into him just by talking to him rather than berating him about what he's doing wrong. And and it works. It works. It does work because the, the kids scoring goals for fun at the minute. So what, what about you, Kev? What, what, get, what gets you what gets you ticking? What's your what's your uh, what's the what's the best way to get the best out of you? Um, and did and, and did Spencer manage to do it? Uh yeah. I, I think Spencer that's probably he's he's um why well, I probably hold him quite high regard. Um don't get me wrong, there'll be times where Ed Spencer probably knows, but he um he, he pissed me off at times. Like, there'll be times where he like say certain things. I'm like, nah, I definitely don't agree. Or he would try and like come for me in a certain way, which was like in my opinion, I didn't sort of need that sort of treatment at the time. But what Spencer was very good at was people. 
um, and he, he is very good at he is good at people good with people and um, he he knew how to motivate me in a way which was um, best for me and that was um, how did he get get me up for a game I think it was more the fact that he left me to it a lot of the time um, again you know there'll be times where he did go a bit too far if I weren't having a good first half he'd sort of like say something towards me I didn't agree but um, I think a lot of the time he had that trust in me I could feel the trust because he didn't have to speak to me one on one when he was with other players like I, I just knew that he um, had that trust in me our discussions away from the pitch um, he spoke to me like a real man and I just feel like okay this like he he's not concerned about how I'm performing so let's keep that going so I think when I'm just left to my own I know when I've made a mistake I know mm. when I'm not performing well. I don't need a bollocking. Like, that's not me. Like, I, I know very quickly yeah. when I'm not performing. So, I think he was very good most of the time <laughs> at understanding or, or just not knowing just to leave me to it. Um, I think that's the best way to get um, get me tickets. <laughs> yeah, I can see why that would work. Because if you, when you're a um, when you're a player who knows and knows about a mistake, you don't need don't you look. There's different ways to manage people. And I think with you. Not being, not doing those one-on-one chats, just leaving you to it gives you gives you that responsibility yourself yeah. to, to perform. Um, so yeah, I can, I can see why that would work. Yeah, I, I like, whereas other players, they might need an arm round and say, "Come on, you, you know, bit, yeah. bit of confidence, bit of yeah. confidence." Yeah, arm round, like Al was saying, you know, arm round a bit of confidence and come on, just you know, just give them maybe a few, <clears> two or three points to try and work on during the game, and then uh, and then leave them to it. That's probably the best best way round to do it. Whereas I was I was the other way. I needed uh, needed help in every area. <laughs> You needed, you needed you needed restraining in some cases, Simon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah from, against, the, from the referee most of the time. Especially against your old, especially against your old man as well. Yeah, yeah, he used to shout at me, my dad. Yeah, yeah, and I used to shout at him back. It was quite funny, really, from across the pitch, about seventy yards away. I'd be yelling at him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Tom, you got anything else to come in with? I've got. I'd say I've got one more uh, proper question, and I have a few trivial, maybe personal ones. But um, oh, with with after your you had a great year at Maidstone and then it led to you getting picked up by Stevenage got sent on loan to Dagenham. I understand there was a bit of a situation. Maybe I maybe I can't say everyone at Farnborough is the best friends of Stevenage, but <laughs> what, what what went on there if you don't mind? <laughs> yeah, um, I probably didn't realise at the time, but that was like quite a huge. Um, it was quite an influential time. Why? career in terms of like the trajectory of my career um you know i i'd signed a new deal at maidstone not long before my move to stevenage um so that was one thing um but then stevenage coming in for me um i had a good year i, I played for england c in the summer so i knew i was going to get the interest um you know i had just a, a good solid year of football and I, again like at that stage all i wanted to do is play in the football league um so when my agent at the time, no, well, he wasn't my agent at the time. He was an agent who had got in contact with me and he looked after all these big players. So he looked, he, he seemed quite reputable and um, he, 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 um, he mentioned that Stevenage wanted to sign me and whether I'd like to go ahead of it. Um, I made a decision, you know, these opportunities don't always come round, so let's just go for it. So um, I've, sort of, I've, I've gone for it, signed for Stevenage um, and... Yeah, there was uh, a discussion around signing and going straight out alone. Um, 
but this was all in the space of the evening, so this happened really quickly, and I just I just thought that's really weird because you know it's only the league above. It's not like I've gone from National League to Premier League and yeah. they're sending me out on loan to League One. Like this is the league above, so why would I go out on loan? Um, so I got sent out on loan to Dagnum, literally I think a day after I signed. Um, that caused an uproar, sort of thing, with Maidstone. Um, but the, I think the truth was that Dagnum wanted to sign me from Maidstone. Um, however, in my release clause, um, there was no option for a National League club to buy me for a certain amount to, to trigger the release clause. It was only EFL um, teams that could activate the, the release clause. So I reckon probably Dagnum spoke to Stevenage or there might have been some sort of words about Stevenage signing me and then shipping me out on loan so that Dagnum got what they wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's how it went. And then obviously if if I'd done well, then I could Stevenage could sell me on, maybe split the profit with Dagenham. I don't know. Like it could have gone <laughs> who knows. Like it's clever, but, it's I, mean, a bit, it's but a bit, I was just a kid. It's a bit sort of it's sneaky, a bit underhand, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that was my first rule. at that point I was like, Wow, okay, this is football, like this is actually the real, game the yeah, industry I'm in. I was gonna say, was that a real you know? eye opener for you? Yeah, and it, it was that it was damaging as well to this because yeah. um, you know, like I didn't think I would, but at the time like, I got some real abuse from Maidstone fans. Like, I didn't yeah. think I would, because I had a good season, done well for them, finished mid-table after their first year in, in the, at that level. Um, so I just thought, like, they'd wish me the best. When I got sent out on loan, like, it was, I got all sorts of, like, Judas comments on Twitter <laughs> and that. Like, that's, I was 21. <laughs> and, um, I just, yeah, I weren't prepared for it. I was just, I was like, wow. Um, I guess, you know, um, yeah, it, it did sort of make uh, have an impact on me because I went back to Stevenage uh, in January because Dagnum there was an issue with the finances and take uh, ownership and whatnot, so I had to go back to Stevenage. Um, I played a couple games uh, at left back. I think I scored no goal in one of them, or I set up one of their lads for a tap in. <laughs> so that didn't go great, um, and then. Yeah, and then I'd try and leave Stevenage in the summer. I'd signed a two-year deal, but I thought that year was so detrimental to like my career and my mental health. I just thought, you know what, I don't want to be part of this anymore. I knew what was going on. I knew there was all sorts of, like, they didn't really want me there. Um, Darren Sile got the sack, and Dino Mamria came in, uh, this Tunisian guy, like, big guy, and he yeah. just said, look, don't know, no- don't know nothing about you, so, uh, you're not in my plans. This was like towards the end of the season. I just thought, yeah, too fair. I'm not really, you're not in my plans either, really. So, <laughs> um, so like, that, that was fine. But then, but then Stephen has wanted like a fee for me because yeah. they spent, I think, 25 grand for me, whatever. They they wanted that back. I just thought, you cheeky, like, you've not, like, I'm not, yeah. who's going to want to pay that? Like, who's going to, I've not played all year. Like, I'm, I've, I've played a bit for Dagnum and whatnot, but I've gone back to Stephen and just rotted on the bench or whatever. Like, who's going to want to pay 25 grand for me? Um, but uh, Dover decided they would. <laughs> so, uh, fair place to Dover. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I went there. But that, that's just an example of football and how it can, like, you know, you are a commodity at the time, um, especially when you're young. And it's, uh, you know, if it works, then great. But if it doesn't, then... You know, no one's going to look after you after you've got to pick yourself up. I mean, like you, you yeah. said, you said that obviously, like uh, when Dino Maria spoke to you and said you're not in my plans, and I know you said you you were you were thinking at the time 
that's, that's fine because this club's not in my plans either. But to to any kind of player to hear that kind to that kind of words from a manager, a new manager, it's got to be. I mean, did did it, did it hit you a bit hard at all? At the time, no. But I think looking back, it did. Yeah. Because um, I, I just think there's no time to like mope around or feel sorry for myself. And this was probably like a time where this is what good eight years ago now, seven years ago. Um, like just the sort of like topic of like mental health and looking after yourself weren't really around. Like yeah. it's probably a couple of years after that. So I just sort of thought, you know, no, no one cares. Like I told myself, no one cares. Like yeah, it's a bit unfair, but no one cares. I need to get a club. That's the most important thing. So I didn't really give myself the opportunity to think. Actually, that's quite hard. That. Um, so I sort of, yeah. I, I suppose it was a good way of you not... sort of you were sort of compartmentalising the whole situation because you were sort of focused on yeah. getting yourself out into a to a club that actually wanted you rather than yeah. sticking around with, with someone that didn't want you. You were exactly, sort of focused yeah. on doing that and doing that rather than thinking, yeah. why doesn't yeah. he want me? Especially, especially, especially the age you were as well, 21, yeah. that's 21 22. Yeah. It's just going to be really hard to be a, for a young man to kind of deal with, and you know, you know, all that situation. All the all out, all out of your hands as well. You went there, with, you went there with every every good faith you can, yeah, and then exactly. you end up getting. And like you say, you boys used the correct term there. Every you know, footballers are commodities to, to yeah, clubs, really, yeah. aren't they? And it does. It does. They, the last game of the season, they said, "Oh, you can play if you want," sort of thing. Like we're going to start you, Wickham. I think Wickham had just won the league, and. um it was away at their place, and I think it was like they had their that was like their parade day, like their trophy lift and whatnot. So they're like, Oh, yeah, we'll start you at the back. Uh, Aki then was playing up front, so it'll be a good like experience for you. I said, No, nah, what do you think I am? Like, <laughs> like uh, and I, I said straight, I said, Look, like, I'm not, I'm not played for a while, I've not played for you, this club for, for well, ever. I played two games for you guys, and um. It's the last game of the season. There's nothing riding on it, and you just want to just chuck me in, yeah. like just because yeah. all the older pros don't want to. They're already like in holiday mode and whatnot. So you want to play me, sort of. I don't know if that was the right mentality, but I just thought, nah. Like, why should yeah. I do that? Like, why should I put my body at risk? Play against Akin Fenwa, who's like, fucking, like you know, <laughs> yeah. ginormous. I could like yeah. I'll probably get smacked in the head or whatever, um, just for the sake of filling up, like making numbers for the last yeah. game of the season. So I just said, nah. I said no chance, um, and. Um, yeah, so that was that was that as well. But yeah, I just think that was my first real understanding of not politics, but like the the business of football yeah. and how you know it works. Yeah, is that is that the first? Bobby, I, Bobby I, assume, I assume that's the first and last time you've ever refused to play a game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> first and last. Yeah, yeah, I've I've done it a few times on Sunday morning when I saw it was pouring with rain, but that's different story. <laughs> circumstances I didn't really fancy it. <laughs> Sorry, Gaffer, feeling a bit ill. Can't make it. Yeah. Back to bed. Back to bed with a bath after a bacon sarnie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we mentioned on um, mentality, and this is probably this is a bit more of a personal question, but I still think quite astute. Is there a sort of particular, maybe few words or an ethos you sort of take with you in your career that really has helped you push along, especially a career like yours where you've clearly shown a lot of mental resilience? Uh, is there a few words? Um... Or just if you could put it into words. Yeah, um, I'd probably say that. I think my attitude towards it. I don't know if this is the correct one, but it's quite it's quite brutal. And it's not just football. It's just I guess I just think us as like men, like you sort of you have these attitudes towards like work and resilience and just like progression, like just things like that. And um, I, I just tell myself that 
when things are going tough, like only I can get myself out of situation, and I have full control of um, my output. So, like, um, whatever I do, I know that if I just put full application and determination and a hundred percent effort, it doesn't matter what happens because all you can do is give it your best. I just yeah. think it's the same with everything. Like, there's no point being upset about any situation out there. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be, like, family-related or, like, work-related. This is me anyway. I don't know if it's the right way to think of it or not. But I just say, look, as long as you do your best, you're honest, you're hardworking, you apply yourself in the correct way, the outcome doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really doesn't matter. It's just about what you do. Um, yeah. And life will just happen in the way that's meant to happen. That's my outlook on things, and that's how I've gone through my career, sort of thing. And I've got that, to say, I completely, I completely agree with that personally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And is, is that the kind of advice that you would give uh, any uh, young young player that's coming through the ranks? Yeah, hundred percent. I just like, I just think this, especially with football. I, I, a lot of kids want to play football and whatnot, but like, I, I try and be careful with bits of advice apart from. Just do what you enjoy and give it everything and don't worry about the outcome. I'm just massive on this whole thinking about outcomes because you yeah. really can't yeah. control outcomes. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if, if um, just enjoy what you're doing, be prepared for a multitude of um, outcomes, um, you know, by just enjoying and just giving everything you've got. I just think that's all you can do. Um, I just think um, telling people they can do whatever they want to do um if they put their minds to it it's good but also quite dangerous because i don't know let's just say you're out for a walk and i don't know the car comes and rides over your foot and you've lost your foot you can't be a footballer so now yeah. what like yeah. you know it's just you, it's, it's you've got to be careful just so saying oh you will do this or you will have this life or you will have this career like yeah. you can't really say that like with anything i just think all you can do is just <clears throat> each day um give it your all, be honest, be truthful and just work hard and life will just happen, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. Has your, um, your, your attitude changed even more down that road since you've had kids? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I probably, going back when I was young, young, I put so much pressure on myself and um, I just, I, I had this life sort of planned out that I was going to play this amount of Premier League matches. Yeah, yeah. I was going to play for Man United. I was going to get a move. I was going to play in the Champions League. Like, and when these things don't happen, it's like, oh my god, like, shit. Like, how, how's like, yeah. how am I now going to live? Like, how am I going to accept a lower life? And it's not a lower life. It's not like a, not a less true. enjoyable life. It's just, um, it's your life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's what's meant for you. Um, but and especially having kids, like having my daughter. Like, and being in that present moment, like, you're just like, wow, like, why should I worry about, like, all these other things? Yeah, there's, like, financial worries and whatnot, but I just think being in the here and now and just seeing, like, a bundle of joy, like, having children and whatnot, I just think, <clears throat> you know, there's there's a lot more to life than, I don't know, worrying about something that's happened at work or yeah. not playing well or not. It changes your perspective on things, doesn't it? It does massively, yeah. How many massively. how many kids have you got, Kevin? I've just got one, one just daughter, one. She's nearly three. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my, my little boy's nearly three as well. Really? Yeah. yeah. And and obviously like you've you've had a you've had a really good career um up to thus far. Would would you if if your daughter got to the age like seven, six or whatever, 
getting and sort of showing an interest in in football is it, would you encourage encourage her to um to, to pursue it um i would i think um if she got if she still had that sort of like mentality at 18 then i'd be like right okay fair enough but i think at um young age i just want her to be comfortable with a multitude of different things yeah. um different sports different sort of levels of I don't know, darts or whatever it is, just to enjoy loads of different things because yeah. if yeah. one thing doesn't happen or one thing, you know, I just want to enjoy them different and have confidence with loads of different things just because, um, yeah. like, as I say, I just I get, I, I worry a bit too much about putting so much attention to one thing and if it doesn't happen, like, then you've just got to pick up the pieces, you know? I just, yeah. you know. You've got, you got the same, exactly the same attitude as me, Kev, as my, my little boy. I mean, I'm obviously one, I'm going to start football where next. Uh, Next couple of months, I'm going to take him down to Farnborough and the mini kickers. Get a nice. bit of a bit of advertising for the mini kickers there with uh, with Matt and everybody else. Um, Sunday's nine thirty, by the way, at the ground. Um, and uh, and um, you know, and but but you know, if he, if he if he finds that he doesn't he likes football, but he, he prefers to do something else, then I'm going to try him with rugby and you know hockey, you know, you know basketball, whatever. You know, what I mean? I'm going to try him on lots of different things. Swimming, you know, was that there? dancing? Dancing, no, not, not dancing. No, definitely not. No, 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 dancing. No, no, no. No, you won't. You won't be. You, you, yeah, you won't be. Uh, you won't be seeing him down the valley hall with your daughter, Kev. You won't be seeing him there, sadly, for a while. Not, no, so not, I, not unless he's. Not unless he's going to be a professional. I tried because he might. See, I got my kids. I've got two kids. They're sixteen and seventeen, a boy and a girl. And I tried when they were younger to get them into not just football, but any kind of sport. They just, they just, they weren't interested. Even at, even at a young age, they just showed no interest whatsoever. And even now, they, they, if I, if I take them, bring them down to see me, and I say to them, "Right, well, I've got a game today. You're gonna to have to come with me." And they're like, "Oh no, well, do I have to? Do I have to?" And when they were, young, when they were younger, they just, they just, they just <laughs> want to go. Oh, can we just sit in the car while you, you, while you're doing your game? Just, I'm just, playing them get it. Just Definitely get them into it. That's all. <laughs> I blame their mother, yeah. to be fair. <laughs> it's all right, yeah, it it? yeah, I think it's, as long as um, they do have their things that they do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're happy, you know, they're healthy, they've got their own interests. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, and yeah, so I'm, I'm happy for, for whatever they choose to decide to do. But, but yeah, so I, I, but I really did want them to get into football. <laughs> all the kids in, our, in my family, all my nieces and nephews, I've only got one nephew. Well, three, three, four nieces and one nephew, and only, it's only my nephew that's interested in the football. But out of all the kids, and it's yeah. really, it's really disheartening. He's, he's going to be the next Jack Turner, isn't he? But he's a farmer. He's going to be the next Jack so Turner. Oh, nice. Goalkeeper, by the way. Yeah, goalkeeper, yeah. What's I think goalie? he was a mascot, actually. Because oh. I think I've, we've, he's got uh, an autograph from you, Kevin. Uh, he was a mascot at one at a game. I can't remember which game it was. Chippenham. Um, I think it was a Chippenham game, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I think he's got yours and a few other yeah. uh, autographs, which he was happy Who, who was the best player at Farnborough you played with, Kev? At Farnborough? Um, yeah, that last season. Yeah. Um, don't, don't say that, oh, they were all good. I'll pick two, just because, like, for different reasons. Like, um, <clears throat> I think Salim was last year, I don't know how he's doing this year, um, but last year. I thought he was just incredible. Like to see how he started the season, not really involved. <laughs> I remember the first game of the season. I'm pretty sure he um, <laughs> probably shouldn't say this, but I don't think he knew there was a game on. I say I think they had Hemel at home. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't know there was a game. 
I think it's a, like, we're at the ground and we're all calling him, like, Salim, where are you? <laughs> just, he, didn't <laughs> he didn't know there was a game. So he had to rush it. But to see him go from that, like, he was, you know, he <clears throat> wasn't really part of the, you know, the starting level. He just, we were just sort of there as a youngster. And he just become our most important yeah. player. Yeah. Like, he just, to see him do that, that, that sort of rise was incredible. such a nice guy as well, a nice kid. Yeah. Um, and that he was, I thought he was unplayable at times. Um, the dancer. Oh, God, yeah. But then um, I really admire like people like Ricky, like Ricky Holmes, because like his obviously experience is clear. Yeah. <clears throat> Played so many games, but just like someone of his age, without being sort of patronising and like condescending, or whatever. But he's like his level of hunger and ambition to keep winning was just ridiculous. Like. Yeah. If he didn't, if he saw something that weren't right, he'd just he'd come in at half time and he'd think he's the manager. He'd bollock us yeah, each yeah. and every one of us. Like, I don't think that's changed much this season. Yeah, he's, yeah. And, and it's, clear, like that. it's like you're saying a, a, a guy of his age, like you said, without being patronising, he's he's yeah. probably one of, if not the fittest person in that squad this season. Oh, my God. I don't know if he was the yeah. same last year. Yeah, ridiculous. He, yeah, he just, yeah, the running the man, just... the running that man does for some of his it's age crazy. is unreal. So it's, it's no surprise he went to play in the championship and yeah. whatnot because yeah. he just even at this like this stage of his career like come first in the running preseason running he'd be like just smashing everything so he's yeah pro- proper professional yeah, yeah who's, who's the uh, who's the best player you've currently got at, uh, at Maidenhead who's the best other than you obviously uh, <laughs> um, I'd say. We've got a young lad. Uh, we've got a quite young team actually, but um, there's a lad called Ree Smith, um, who's a, uh, a left winger, and um, he's. I just think he's got so much potential to to do really. Well. I think Vanarama done a little um, post about him maybe last month and calling like the non-league Grealish or whatever. Um, but even like things like that, he doesn't get to his head. He's quite a uh, down-to-earth guy, and he's got so much ability and. Um, I just think he could be one to watch and I think he'll probably get his move if he stays fit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, decent. Yeah, decent. Happy days. Yeah. So have you got, have you got, yeah. have you got anything um, to say? I've got two trivial questions. First one's a small one. I remember the, the 4-1 win against Slough at home last year. You were, you were fouled for their goal. <laughs> that's that's enraged <laughs> to this day. Oh, I don't know. It's <laughs> fair. I think who was it that went through? The Ogo yeah, I don't know. I just think, yeah, I think that was probably like the one time that season where someone like striker had the better of me. I just felt like the majority yeah, no, of that season. That's the only thing I can remember. Yeah, only, I genuinely tried to think. Yeah, I can remember. I don't think the pitch was great, and I just think I felt a little tug. I went down probably a bit too hard. I'm not <laughs> sure, but uh, that was that was painful because I, I think I got the better of most strikers in that division. Like that season, I just I don't remember anyone sort of like me being an error or like a particular yeah. instance or a particular goal. Um, that was only one where it was like, ah, oh, Kev, come on, like sort of thing. So uh, yeah, that's frustrating. <laughs> and uh, my second question, this one is much more personal. I remember the um, probably my the biggest high of last season for me, Concord Rangers game, the the last minute winner. I remember celebrating and just seeing. I've never seen someone jump so high straight <laughs> onto me. Uh, really, I felt like I held you up for a moment. That was probably my favourite single moment of last year. But do you I've seen that at Dirty Dancing, was it? Gen- <laughs> I genuinely think it was. <laughs> but, um, 
Is it moments like that, especially connecting with the fans, that really sort of pushed it up for the game? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I just think, yeah, that last minute, <laughs> that was a funny game. Because I think we were, te- we were terrible, I think, the first half, or whatever it was. Um, and then, was it Ricky that scored that last Ricky half? scored the winner and Mason got yeah. the equaliser. Yeah, yeah. I just get the scenes of that. And I remember, I remember you, so I just remember having your curly mush in my face. <laughs> 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 I just like, yeah, just, yeah, I just, um, that was brilliant. Yeah, that was so good. And that's, that's, that is why you play football, isn't it? Like, uh, there weren't many there, but it felt like it was, like, the noise and that. It felt like there was thousands and thousands of people yeah. there, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that it's, you know, it's just the, the, the atmosphere and just the feeling of being, like, that sort of community with the fans or whatever. It was brilliant. It was so good. And it was one of my, like, highlights of our season as well. It was brilliant. Yeah. I remember I was at that game as well. I remember it being really, I remember it being really cold. And, um, I think I turned, I'd still turned up and miss shorts as usual. But um, I remember their, their goalkeeper for Concord, he was literally taking an age with everything he did, oh, literally yeah. from minute one. He was driving me in potty. And so I, I literally lost it. I lost, I've lost it for quite a few years, but I absolutely lost it with him. And I was I just, oh, I was getting it. As well, as well. Yeah. Um, I think it was Hemel at home. I think we lost one. Oh, out. yeah. Yes. That, yeah. Every time. They took the piss. Yeah, yeah. they were probably yeah. like, every time the ball went out of play. Um, or every bit of contact. Oh my! Physio was on. Physio done more com- uh, more uh, distance than anyone that pitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, My God! It was it was getting like that though towards the end of the season, wasn't it? There's another another factor that contributed to our uh, our our, our, uh, our dwindling demise last season. All the clubs coming down to what down to Cherrywood were like taking the, taking the piss with the time the time wasting. Yeah. Literally yeah. for a minute one, all coming down for a draw and that and nick a goal or ah, oh, it was driving me crazy every bloody week. I was. I it's was always it's always the referees are so. Well. It's always it's always the keepers as well. I remember coming to uh, watching the game yeah. at Cherry Road and, and uh, the ball would go out for a goal kick and the, and the opposition goalkeeper would do that little sort of trot, little tiny little baby steps yeah. down to all the way down yeah. to the corner flag to so pick up the ball and then do the same back and then the referee's having a go at him. He's going, "What? What? I've just got to get the ball." I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really. To yeah. be fair, so though, I think, if, if I was if, 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 if I was in their situation, I'd do the same thing. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was sort it of in that it time is. where we were winning a lot of games, and and um, the teams weren't didn't weren't didn't want to come didn't like coming to coming to uh, to us to play against us because they knew how good our home form was, and so they would yeah. do every little like I say every little thing that they could do to waste time, be it, be it slowly walking off to get the to, the ball for a goal kick or a throw in, or like you say Kevin going down in, injuries all the time. To, to to get the physio on and all that, yeah. So, yeah, so it wasn't fun to watch. I can tell you that. Yeah. It's, it's, what's your What's your favourite memory of last season, other than having Tom's bird nest in your face? <laughs> <laughs> um, favourite memory. I think Sutton was up there, massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was yeah, a yeah, day. yeah. Um, <clears throat> what else? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably Sutton, just because obviously I think the way we um, no one really gave us a chance against them. Uh, being linked to a couple of leagues below, um, above FA Cup, it's sort of like, yeah, that was that was that was huge. And I just remember being in the change room, all like playing music and just like smashing up like the change room and whatnot in, in the right way. Just like, just <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was brilliant. Um, but then also um, the Concord game was just yeah. In terms of moments, that was such a good moment. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we, there were so many good memories from last season. I just thought I just like I'm so thankful to have had that season, just because it was just um, 
huge for me and just like you know enjoying football again and yeah. being part of a club and, and being a, a valuable sort of player and and well sort of um, you know I, I felt like I was loved by the fans and I felt like I was loved by the manager and, and the teammates and stuff and that's just what you want and I think that's yeah. why I probably had one of my better years in football because of because of that so mm-hmm. yeah I really enjoyed yeah. it that's pretty good season as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. Right. I think um, I think we've gone on quite a long time now. Um, so I think now's the time that we're gonna gonna end it. Um, don't go away after after we end. We'll we'll have a quick chat um, when we come off air. But Kevin, thanks for uh, coming on tonight and and chatting to us. Uh, it's been a real absolute real pleasure um, talking about your career and and uh, your time at Farnborough um, yeah so thanks for thanks for doing this for us it's been really great no thanks for having you on guys appreciate it yeah appreciate thanks for giving you the, giving us the time Kevin appreciate it yeah and we'll look forward to having you back at Cherrywood in the uh, in the yellow and um, blue at some point hopefully <laughs> definitely yeah, yeah before, you go, before you go off and uh, do uh, you know coaching or uh, financial <laughs> yeah. services full time yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah thanks very much Kev cheers right, for your time yeah. cheers lads so uh, yeah like I said don't, don't go away just yet but Guys, take a good night, guys. Much, Kevin. Good night, guys. And it's a oh, good guys. night from me. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I uh, hope you enjoyed this um, this episode, and we'll be back soon with a new with a new show. <laughs>